Listener Production. Brooke Boney and Linda Mariano's Dream Club. Hello and welcome to Brooke and Linda's Dream Club, where each week we scour the hotel room tea box and we pick out the tastiest bags of herbal and caffeinated delights and we steep them in a delicious multi-award-winning episode. And this week, me, Linda Mariano, is joined by the amazing Wolfie herself, an OG Wolfie since the very beginning, waving her hands in the air, is our producer Tate McGregor, normally behind the desk, normally cheering us on, right here in front of the mic this episode. Hey, Tate. She's back again and it feels so good, Lindy, this time across from you. I'm loving it. What a little dream team. I know. We couldn't get enough of you. We had the Australian Podcast Awards last week. Honestly, I think Brooke is still recovering, yep. which is why she yep, can't join us this week. Hey, it was a big night for us. It's been a huge week. I know. We we not going to lie, guys, kind of swept it. Kind of swept it. (laughs) So we took home the Gold Award for Best Indigenous Podcast, which is the one that I was really hanging out for because I'm a Wadawurrung woman. You know, Brooks Gamilaroi, it means a lot to us to be able to tell Indigenous stories in such a palatable way to our wider audience and having you along for the ride as well, Lindy. I agree. I felt so proud standing up there and that was the first award we won of the night. And then Mm. we also picked up the Bronze Award for Best Arts and Culture Podcast because, you know, we're here. We love our arts. We love our farts. We love our culture. And it was just a huge night. And then I picked up other ones. I didn't even know what was happening. You're like one of the biggest winners of the night. (laughs) Linda, they just couldn't get enough of you. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I also picked up gold for Best Lockdown Podcast for My Tough Love project, which was so unexpected. If you would have said, hey, Linda, you're going to go through a really shit time and uh, out of lockdown, you're going to make a podcast and then it's going to win you an award. I never would have thought it, Tatey. It would, hey, no, listening would to that podcast, I knew it was an award-winning podcast. It's very good. If you haven't listened to it yet, it's got a beautiful soundscape. You really get a great insight behind the curtain of Linda Mariano's life <laughs> through lockdown. You meet her parents, you meet her partner, you go through her egg freezing process with her. It's very in-depth and personal and just such an intricate soundscape. I can't get over the work you put into that. It's like a song in itself. Ah, thank you. And let's not lie, my mum and my dad are the real stars. They're the real <laughs> winners. Yeah, let's get more of them on the podcast. Let's do it. <laughs> let's make a family podcast. Hey, it's been a massive week. We have got so much to talk to you about in this episode. The Splendor in the Grass entire lineup has finally dropped. The festival celebrating its 20th anniversary will be back in 2022. We'll tell you about that. We're also going to unpack Joshua Bassett's GQ interview off the back of some music he's released. You might know him as the love interest or supposed love interest in Driver's License by Olivia Rodrigo. And Linda, you've got a recommendation. Yes. One of my favourite TV shows has just returned. It's called Pen15. Spell that out in your head. You know what I'm referring to. It's amazing. We've got to get into it. Brooke and Linda's Dream Club. 
So the Splendor in the Grass lineup has been unveiled. So Tady, a couple months ago, we did find out who the headliners were for the return of one of Australia's most loved, most muddy, most mayhem, I'd say, inspiring mm-hmm. festival, Splendor in mm-hmm. the Grass. So, so far we already knew that the headliners were Gorillas, The Strokes and Tyler, The Creator. And with festivals, with so many things that we've loved to plan around in the last couple of years, we've been umming and ahhing and crossing every finger as to whether or not Splendour in the Grass will be able to go ahead next year. So, yes, the festival will be happening in July. Let's just knock on wood. Can we just take a moment to just do that for a second? Let's just find some. Okay, <laughs> we've done it. So they have just announced the rest of the Mammoth lineup. It's big. So besides the headliners, we've got Glass Animals, Duke Dumont, Yeah Yeah Yeahs, Jack Harlow, not going to lie, a personal favourite. We love Jack Harlow. We love what's popping. <laughs> uh, Youngblood, Jungle, they're real Australian favourites. I feel like they're mm. here every chance that they can get. Casey Musgraves. So many more. Um, I'm really excited about a couple of the real buzzed about bands, including Wet Leg, um, Holly Humberston, Big Pig is massive. And there's a lot of Australians on the lineup, as usual, Tady. Always, always. Who have we got? We've got DMAs up there, Cub Sport, the Jungle Giants. And then you've got those smaller little ones. You've got Ruby Fields, Methyl Ethel, Stella Donnelly. Amel and the Sniffers, who have had on the Dream Club, so you can go check out Amy and her wild punk show in real life. I'm really excited to see Amel and the Sniffers. I don't know if you saw this week, but Iggy Pop, I think, hosts a show on the BBC, and he ah. went on this wild rant about Amel and the Sniffers and about how cool their songs are. Oh, my gosh. It cool. Was, All it's right. so cool. You must check it out. Um, apart from that, there's also the ARIA Award winners. In fact, the guy that swept the ARIAs, Genesis Awusu, who I've seen so many times, but I will make sure that I'm front and centre again to be part of his goon club. I can't help myself. Um, what did you kind of think? How did you feel when you saw the lineup, Tate? This is hands down one of my most favourite lineups. I remember a couple of years ago, it would have been maybe a decade ago, there was one with Frank Ocean on the top of the yes. headliners. He never came. I think we got Lord instead, and it was just as Royals was breaking. That was an iconic year. But since then, I feel like no other lineup has really matched that energy. And this one totally brings it for me. I mean, I love Still Woozy, I love Glass Animals. All of the trees in there. And there's also a really good Indigenous representation. you got JK47, oh, we got Psycho. Maisha's it's just Maisha. Oh, God. It just, the list goes on. I remember reading this for the first time and be like, yes, 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 yes. Like there was no one that I was like, Davinci? Like, who's that? I have no clue. Um, <laughs> so I was so stoked to see this. And I just know it's going to be a big party. It's like almost the Christmas party of the music industry where everyone comes together and just has a riot of a time. It's so, so good. I can't wait. What did you think, Lindy? I feel like, you know, to be honest, I, I'm i caring less about lineups and just about whether or not festivals are going to happen. So I'm like, yeah. if you just give me a festival, throw anyone on that stage and I'm going to be there and I'm going to be really excited. Um, I felt kind of similar to you. I feel really excited at the kind of um, kind of 
mid-level artists that are sitting in there, your Tierra Wax, your Wet Leg, your Holly Humberstons, your Oliver Trees, those really kind of weird on the edge of what new music sounds like now, really kind of pushing sound forward. Because when I did see the headliners, I'm not going to lie, I was I was hoping that there would be a female, a, a larger percentage of non-male uh, yeah, names yeah. up there. I'm not I agree. Lie. I saw I that saw too. I clocked I went, it. Twenty twenty two. Come on, guys. guys. Come but on. also, weren't these the original headliners of twenty twenty? Like, I'm pretty sure these were the July headliners. Twenty twenty. It got pushed to twenty twenty one. Yeah, yeah. Then twenty twenty two. We had time. We had time we to had reevaluate, time to reassess. But, you know, it's kind of like one of those coffee dates that just keeps getting pushed out. Oh, we're going to get that coffee. Yeah. We're going to get that. Don't yeah. worry. We're going to. Don't worry. <laughs> Julian has a blankets in the strokes. We're going to get that coffee. <laughs> You're going to come down under. We've probably already paid you a deposit. Nah, I shouldn't yeah. say that. But, but I, I was kind of not as excited when I saw those names. Tyler, the creator, huge fan of. But, you know, I was hoping that there would be. Uh, maybe as someone else, but just as a kind of side note in terms of how excited and how wonderful it is to see festivals returning. And I was saying this last week as my Dream Club update, being at something like Ability Festival a couple of weeks ago in Melbourne really I think has set the standard as to what we can mm. aspire to with embracing all walks of life as we should in getting anybody and everybody that wants to be included at a festival. Splendor in the Grass, you know, it's, I think it's more challenging to be a really accessible festival because of the terrain. Like yeah, you think about Splendor definitely. and you think about the mud and you think about navigating between those stages. So it is harder, but I think those conversations are happening more and more often as you know, festival organisers are a lot more aware of the people that they should be consulting in terms of making sure that festivals are as accessible as possible. And again, we've had the time to have these conversations yeah. and put the infrastructure in to make sure that people can go to the amphitheatre. We've had the time to assess, to make it the best and most comfortable experience for the most amount of people. I agree. I can't wait. Linda, undoubtedly Driver's License by Olivia Rodrigo has been one of the biggest songs of this year. You know, we've seen Little Nas X, we've seen Justin Bieber and Kid Leroy, but Olivia Rodrigo, Driver's License, unmatched in my opinion. This is a song that came out in January. She's mm. got seven Grammy Award nominations, not only for this song, but for her record Sour. She has been the breakthrough star. Yeah, she's definitely a front runner. And off the back of that, there was someone in amongst that story who was on the receiving end of a lot of internet hate. And his name is Joshua Bassett. We might know him already from High School Musical, the musical, the series, which he co-starred in with Olivia. They're kind of the Troy Bolton and Gabriella equivalents of this series. And not only were they on-screen lovers, they were reportedly off-screen lovers. Ooh. And... This breakup inspired driver's license. And as we know, Olivia stands are pretty aggressive people. Like, they are very vocal online. They're almost like Taylor Swift fans. I would put them in the same boat. He's almost a Jake Gyllenhaal equivalent. He's probably the first Jake Gyllenhaal of 2021. And he's just released three of his own singles last Friday, which have uncovered a mound of information about his relationship with Olivia. 
Have you had a listen? I have. So there's three songs. There's Crisis, mm-hmm. there's Secret, and then there's Set Me Free, which is about a different... A different kettle of fish. A different yeah. portion of his life that he goes into real um, depth when he's done this recent interview with GQ magazine. Please read that article because it kind of gives you this backside into what his perspective was because you're right. With every song, with every story, there's always two sides of the coin. We talked about Taylor Swift a few weeks ago and her doing all too well and the fans kind of coming after Jake Gyllenhaal. And mm. it is it is really fascinating how much we as consumers of art cling on to the narratives of what these stars are talking about. It's almost like we, we're we not satisfied with letting the art speak for itself. It's that we need to go deeper. We need to know who driver's license is about, who is deja vu about, who is good for you about, Olivia, who hurt you, who hurt you, girl? Give me so that gossip. And who is that other girl with the blonde hair? Yeah, who's the other girl with the blonde hair? Who is, you know, like when Beyonce put out Lemonade, you know, there's all, when Ariana Grande sings about her exes mm. in Thank You Next, we become obsessed with these stories and in earlier years it was kind of harder to go deep and it was virtually impossible to reach out and poke that person that you thought the song was about, right? You could never comment under a Jake Gyllenhaal Instagram post yeah. before Instagram yeah. existed. But now in in these times, and Joshua Bassett talks about this in this in-depth GQ article where he says, you know, it was it was inescapable. It, it was inescapable. It wasn't just that he was going into stores and restaurants and hearing his ex-girlfriend's music. It was that he was getting death threats. Yeah. It was actually very enlightening to see how much of an impact this one song has mm. had on mm. his personal life like not only was he thrusted into the spotlight like he hasn't been prior to this and had to navigate with this newfound fame but also evil fame he was talking about how he'd go onto tiktok and see a tiktok with 50 million views and 10 million likes saying if i ever see this man i'm going to kill this man he talks about going into a cafe and having the staff play olivia's songs on repeat until he leaves it's just incredible the lengths that people will go to to vindicate someone when they haven't even heard his side of the story until now and we're just fortunate that he is an artist who can put out his side of the story unlike Jake Gyllenhaal but I want to get into these songs because it (laughs) instantly kicks off with his first single crisis and the first line of that song says my label said to never waste a crisis and here I am guitar in my hand in the middle of one which is obviously him penning it during the media storm of driver's license. And then he talks about, if you get to tell your truth, then so do I. And it's cool if you want me to play the bad guy. There's so many different levels. As it goes through, it tells a story of how he always loved her. Don't make it out like I never loved you. You're the one who broke up with me first. So I don't know why you're talking about me walking away from you. This is all half lies, what you're telling in your songs. It's all for a career move. Mm -hmm. It's really... It's pretty cutting and yet wrapped up in quite a sincere, I'm not going to say sugary sweet pop song, but it's in a sincere kind Mm. of sweet edged package when you listen to it. You don't hear it. It doesn't, he doesn't sound angry. He sounds lovely. His voice sounds honey. It sounds really nice. But can you even imagine 
if you had a really bad breakup and if someone was feeling quite, and here's the pun, sour, and they told all of your friends about this thing, the fact that you moved on really quickly with this person they didn't approve of and they were driving past your house and they were crying and you said that you were going to love them the whole time, wouldn't you want to have your say? Wouldn't you want to tell your friends, hey, I'm not an awful person, like I deserve to have my own say. So having that out in public, I cannot even imagine the sort of soul-destroying nature of that, being young, also, you know, having an interview that he did back in May where he talked about coming out as part of the LGBTQ plus community, Mm. now also coming out and talking about childhood sexual abuse and trauma that he's experienced in his life. Like this, this guy has gone through a lot and you hear that in the new music. And he's also talked a lot about in this GQ interview how this year he's had to reclude. He's gone away from New York where he's normally been living in the West Village. He's upstate now doing multiple therapy sessions a week, taking cold showers every morning, journaling. His room is littered with self-help books. He's really just had to like look inwards to be able to get through this period. And it almost seems as though he's kind of lost a lot of, safe things around him from being thrown into this uh, spotlight. He talked about how his label had mentioned right as it broke that they should uh, capitalise on this whole, you know, Josh, you're buzzing right now. We'll capitalise. You'll put out a song. Lie, lie, lie. Uh, let's let's tell, the, tell your story. He penned these songs and then he was like, nope, actually, no, that's not me. I don't want to add fuel to this fire. I need to go away look inwards on myself and just like let it breathe even though that's going to hurt me more. Mm. I don't want to be the bad guy like she's making me out to be. I don't want to be catty. I don't want to spit back. I'm just going to pop it out when I'm ready. And that makes me so upset that that artists and particularly young artists are so manipulated by their teams to chase the success and chase the publicity Mm. because there's no skin off their back. They have no skin in the game. They might lose a 20% percentage if the artist doesn't come through with the goods, but it's the artist's name and it's the artist's face and it's the artist's real life and it's for that reason that he's sitting there and he says that he's crying every day and that he's having to journal he's having to go through these things. So, And he's also donating all of the profits from these songs to mental health organisations. So this man is just... I'm not better than all of us. Better than all of us. <laughs> Moral of the story is enjoy the music, soak it up. If you want to read into the gossip, go into it, but maybe don't reach out to the person who is allegedly at fault in music. <laughs> and Linda Mariano's Dream Club. Tay, I need to bang on about a show that I have smashed through since the episodes launched last week. It's the new episodes of Pen15. Have you been watching it? The second season is out now. It's done. In fact, it's the end of this iconic TV show. Okay, off of the back of your recommendation, I did have a glimpse through it and I love it, Lindy. I can't believe it's taken me this long to delve my toes into Pen15. Honestly, gotta get. I can't believe you went one over just by 
by the name alone. So seriously, if you haven't watched this, um, it's on Stan. It's a show created by two real life best friends, Maya Erskine and Anna Conkle. So they're these two American women that are in their early to mid thirties now. Now they created a show that's essentially autobiographical. It's set in the year 2000. It's about them when they're 13 years old. The amazing twist also is that not only have they scripted, have they created the show, have they directed the show, but they actually play themselves. So you see them. (laughs) This is what I love about it as well because it's so visually comedic. You see them as these women that are 30 that are in character as 13-year-old best friends in the year 2000. So every bizarre, nostalgic, kind of hilarious thing that you can imagine from the weird landline home phones that they're talking on to trying to get on the internet and message the 13-year-old boys at school that they're in love with. That's the other thing, their love interests, the girls at school that are really popular that they want to be a part of the like the cool <laughs> group with at school. They're all playing alongside these 13-year-old kids. Yeah, the other actors are all age-appropriate. And amazing. it's so jarring, but I love it. It's so good. I found it such a well-observed portrayal of a 13-year-old. I find we don't really get a lot of 13-year-old stories. You'll normally get like 16-year-olds coming of age, turning into adults, but we don't get enough awkward, secondhand embarrassment 13-year-old stories that just physically make you sit in your chair and cringe. Like, oh. You want to go to my room? You're like going to get your first kiss. Like that's okay. No, it smells amazing. How's mine? (sighs) Sorry, it's not good. The thing that I find even better about the second season um, in terms of the first, because the first season blew me away with how funny, how insightful, Mm. how absolutely on point every one of the nostalgic, cringeworthy references were. But this second season has become even more kind of volatile in terms of the things that are embarrassing, the sexual firsts, you know, figuring Ugh. out what what sex is, what masturbation is, what it is to get your period at school. Uh, but it also goes into these really beautiful, very emotionally in-depth episodes and scenes where, you know, Maya figures out that her family isn't rich and then they're, they're mm. not as rich as the other kids that are at school and you kind of remember that awkwardness when you're a teenager where you kind of walking outside of the bubble of your family almost for the first time as a young adult and going, oh, this is where I sit maybe in a social hierarchy or in a class system and, oh, those kids are making fun of me because I'm half Asian and I look a bit different to them and it's 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 just such a relatable weird, smart, funny and emotional watch as well. And there's this one episode that is all centred about Maya's Japanese mum, who is her mum in real life as well, and it talks about her kind of immigrant experience. But again, it is just so hilarious and I, I couldn't recommend it more. I'm really upset that this, even though it's been nominated for the most outstanding comedy series at the Emmys this year. I'm really upset that this show is finished, but I think they had a vision. The two women wrote this, directed it and executed it, and they've done it. 
brilliantly. I kind of like it when a show ends earlier than you want it to. It's better that than when they drag it on for an extra season that isn't needed, like the OC or Scrubs or something like that. So props to them. That's a sign of a great creator. But you're right. They do package up these really heavy conversations in a really relatable, cringy way that makes me be like, oh, yeah, we've all been through that. We've been there. Totally. Totally. We've all had a crush on the boy with the floppy hair. Ugh. Harry Styles, let's go. Bring it back. So much floppy hair. So many funny little like (laughs) muffin top pot bellies over our jeans. Yes. Yes. It's such a vibe. Oh, God. Don't want low rise to come back. But, guys, if you guys also have recommendations of your favourite movies, books, TV shows, music of 2021, we're going to do a little wrap-up next week. So please DM us on Instagram at the Dream Club Podcast and let us know what you're loving in the pop culture zeitgeist so we can run through it and make a collaborative Dream Club 2021 wrap. Yes, we have to do it next week. It's going to be our best of. So we want your best TV show, best book, best movie, best maybe even lockdown recipe that you did, best podcast, best album, best everything. Give it to us at the Dream Club Podcast on Instagram. Dream Club. If you are half thinking about going for a swim, go for the swim. Go clean your makeup brushes that have been sitting there for months like mine have. Get a bit of rubbing alcohol, shampoo them even. Cleanse your face every night when you get home. Don't lay on that baby pillow of yours in bed without cleaning and moisturising your sweet little face. Relace your shoes so that they're in fun patterns. It's a subtle but exciting detail. Invest kitchen scale it's so helpful what are you measuring i measure my coffee let's dream all right lindy it's that time of the episode where i get to sit back with you and we get to unpack our dreams and desires have a little dnm find out what's going on in our lives and what we're working towards or enjoying and lindy it's getting hot again which means something very big in your world. (laughs) Anyone that has half met me knows (laughs) that there are a couple of things that I love in my life. One is, you know, this podcast. Another is my nonna. Another is my boyfriend. Mm -hmm. And the other one is fruit. I eat way too much of it. And now we are in December. We are officially at the start of summer. And that means... We're in stone fruit season, baby. And I'm so excited about it because often I'll go and like have to pick and choose some of the fruit that I want. Winter fruit, there are some pieces that I like. There are some pears that come into season, persimmons, Mm -hmm. things like that. Mm -hmm. But some are stone fruit, seriously, and it's getting cheap at the moment. Treat yourself. I got my white nectarines, my yellow nectarines, peaches, a little bit furry, but you can get past that. Just enjoy them mangoes are in season and oh, I'm of course. loving it. There is something so pleasurable about sitting by a sunny window, cutting up some nectarines, half a juicy cheek of mango and just eating it. So enjoy it. Enjoy those natural sugars, the high, the energy that comes with it. So good for us. Makes us glow from the outside in. 
I know that's maybe a bit of a dumb dream club update, but no, I don't know. I just I get we so much Stone pleasure. Fruit. I get so much pleasure out of really good grocery shopping and finding the things at the markets that I love. And so seeing these like trays and trays of fruit and like driving to my dad's place and seeing a tray of mangoes on the side of the highway, <gasps> I went, Yum. yes, Linda, summer has arrived. We're here. I love sitting there with like a nectarine or something and then cutting around the full circle and then you like twist it, cut again so that you can peel off your little segments from the thing and just like have it in your hand. Does that make sense? What do you mean? So you're holding your nectarine. So you're holding your nectarine, you get your knife and you go all the way around, almost like you're cutting an avocado, right? You go all the way around then you rotate a little bit, go all the way around again, rotate, and then you have these little segments that are still sitting on your nectarine, held on by the stone, but you just peel them off one by one, pop them in. So you got it. It's just like a little, almost like a mandarin, you know? You got these little segments. You Hmm. segment your own things still attached to the seed. That's pretty chic. It's pretty fun. I'm going to try that. Although often I have my nectarines where they're, I I get paranoid about losing any of the juice because I want all of Uh, that flavour. And I feel like that that technique would throw my kind of obsession with getting all the flavour into a bit of uh, scary territory where I think that I was (laughs) losing some juice when I'm peeling off, when I'm having to squeeze those segments out one by one. Oh my god! Yeah, that's true. That's priority. You got to get all the flavor. Seriously, I'm anal about my fruit, man. <laughs> all right. Well, my dream club update is every year I kind of set a little mantra for myself to revisit, or if I'm in a slump, or if I don't know what direction I'm going in, I go, "That's right." Or if I'm in a sticky situation, kind of helps out a little bit. So, for example, last year at the start of the year, I said, "Prioritize friendships." I'm gonna prioritize friendships. Obviously, a bit thwarted with uh, COVID, but it did prompt me to check in with my friends. And when things opened up, connect one-on-one and all that sort of thing. Or if, you know, I was like, oh, I have work to do, but my friend needs me for this thing. I go, prioritize your friends. You can fit it in your work elsewhere. It always happens. This year, my one was run your own race. I always seem to see what other people are doing around me. It gets in my head, you know, that sort of thing. Or like judge my work against other people when really, you know, I'm doing great. Just run your own race, Tate. Doesn't even matter. So it's around December, around this time that I sit and reflect on the year and think, what's next year's motto? How am I going to reflect onto next year? So that's my task for this week. I'm going to have a good think. going to know what my motto is. If you have good mottos, slide into my DMs. I'd love to know what else everyone's thinking. Do you do something like that with your year? Do you ever set the precedent for your year? That's really, really good. I I feel like I've done it a, a couple years ago. I had one where I kept thinking to myself, this is the year, Linda, that you care less. And remember when I told you that thing of not my circus, not my monkeys? Uh, I yes. think that has been the slogan that has been yeah. in, in my head this entire year that my manager actually said to me one time where I was overanalyzing something with work and I was trying to figure out stuff and he was like, Linda, not my circus, not my monkeys. You can't control those things that are out of your depth that stuff yeah. you don't need to worry about. And it just helped me worry less about those things. That re- that actually really helped me. That's right. So this is not the sword I'm going to die on today. Exactly. So alas, we keep chugging along. Yeah. 
Hey, thanks so much for joining us this week on the Dream Club podcast. You will need to update us as to what your motto for 2022 is. 100%. I can do that. I'll do that next week for you. That's what we need to figure out. And for now, thank you so much for listening to our Dream Club podcast. Don't forget, send us your best of moments, TV shows, things that you've enjoyed throughout 2021 at the Dream Club podcast on Instagram. We're going to be back next Wednesday. So you've got a week-ish to figure it out. And otherwise, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for listening. Tag us in a pic while you're listening and leave us a chuggy review. As always, we love it. We always read them. Go tell your friends all about us. You know, we're a multi-award winning podcast. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us, Lindy. It's been such a pleasure hosting with you. Love you, Tate. Love you too. All right. Energy. Wow. Sweetie. Woo. Oh, no, I fixed it. July 22nd to 24th. Let's go. Let's bring the show on the road, ladies. Yeah. A listener production.